It is now 17 minutes before 4 o'clock. We're in conversation with Professor Mark Swilling, co-director of the Center for Sustainability Transition at uh, Stellenbosch University. So yesterday, ANC President Cyril Ramaphosa announced that the party's Lihutla resolved um, to declare a national state of disaster as the country faces an ongoing energy crisis. He was speaking at the end of the governing party's NEC Lihutla in Esalen Park in Gurleni last night. So moving forward, how will this work? and uh, will it be able to address the country's worst bout of power cuts? Professor Mark Swilling is the co-director of the Centre for Sustainability Transition at the Stellenbosch University. Prof, good afternoon and thank you so much for making time for us. Right, good afternoon. So in um, the president's closing remarks, he says that um, work is already underway to establish whether the legal requirements for the declaration of a national state of disaster are met. With the current state of ESCOM, the current state of the economy, and listening into the remarks that have been made by the um, by the governor, the Reserve Bank governor of the country, around the impact that that uh, load shedding is having on the economy, do you think that all legal requirements have been met to declare a national state of disaster? Uh, I don't think one can say that the legal requirements have been met because I think those details still have to be worked out. I mean, we have two legal instruments. One is a state of emergency, which is more short term, and the other is a state of disaster, which is more longer term. And precisely what is appropriate for this context, still, as the president said, is being worked out. But what, but what one can say is that all the other conditions are in place for mm-hmm. a disaster. We are facing an energy disaster. The, the economic consequences the social consequences, the technical consequences, the security consequences are, if you add them all together, the conditions for a disaster. And the National Planning Commission uh, suggested this back in July last year. Okay. Then the other part around it is which one would be most appropriate, the national state of disaster or a national state of emergency? And as you've pointed out as well, that the national state of disaster can go on for long, as we've seen now with COVID-19 as well, uh, with um, the renewal of it. every I think it was every four months or so that, that we had that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it would be uh, the, the state of disaster would be very similar to the, the COVID uh, situation. Uh, I don't, you know, either of those instruments as they exist now are not particularly appropriate to managing a crisis in a particular sector, Mm. uh, which is what the energy crisis is all about. I think they're going to come up with some kind of uh, uh, variation on the theme. Uh, Whatever the details of that are, the overall objective is clear, which is to make sure that the all the bureaucratic hurdles that are in the way of rapid and fast procurement of spare parts of all the necessary equipment that one needs to bring the electricity generation machines back into proper uh, effective performance all of those uh, hurdles and 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 bureaucratic red tape can be short-circuited uh, to make sure that things get done quickly and efficiently. The big danger is that it opens the door for corruption. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and and, and I was asking now as well that as as, as it stands currently, um, and this disaster that we're currently facing, um, let's say you are able to procure um, emergency parts within a record time. 
Is that really the problem that we're currently facing with ESCOM? Well, we, what we need to realize is that over the last two decades, the, the, the 90 electricity generation machines that are in the 15 power stations have been overworked, overrun. Um, uh, and, and those machines have been pushed to the maximum. If you compare the use of those machines compared to the OECD average, it's much, much higher. At the same time, we have underinvested in maintenance over a very long period of time. So just think of your car. If you pushed your car to the limits on the way and uh, uh, all, all day, every single day, and you never took it in for, for, for a service, what's going to happen to that car? Uh, it's going to rapidly de degenerate. And that's what's happened with these machines. You can't fix that overnight. Uh, you have to take those machines um, uh, one by one offline for extended periods of time, not at just a few days or a few weeks, sometimes a couple of months to really fully overhaul them. It's not just about replacing a few spark plugs, it's like replacing the pistons. That's long, deep, very expensive work. And you need to have the equipment online uh, quickly so that you can get the job done. It's very difficult to procure all of that, all of that kind of equipment quickly and efficiently now within the, the Public Finance Management Act. Okay. Um, and, and if that national state of disaster, national state of emergency is declared, what would be some of the important priorities for the power utility um, also to make sure that we um, phase out load shedding as, as quickly as possible? And also there's this article that was written by Dr. Zwanani Mate, who's the chief executive officer of the South African National um, the South African National Energy Development Institute. And one of the suggestions that he makes as well is that when it comes to maintenance, that you should put the original equipment manufacturers in charge of that with a long-term contract as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that was one of, one of his great suggestions, uh, and it makes an enormous amount of sense because you cut out the middlemen. There's only a handful of, you know, less than a handful of them. Yeah. Uh, the other big... A very significant uh, recommendation that he made was empower the station managers, allow the, the, the station managers to make quick decisions without having to fill in forms that go all the way up to the top of ESCOM and come all the way down and takes months in order to uh, get the authorizations one needs to do it, to really get the job done. Mm -hmm. So that was another really key uh, recommendation uh, he, he made, and that would require some kind of override of current uh, regulations. But the state of disaster would also empower, for example, um, um, the government together with ESCOM to short circuit the middlemen who provide diesel. And that would cut 33% of the price of, 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 of diesel. It would also allow government to commandeer uh, yeah. diesel supplies because we desperately need diesel, which would bring down the stages by two stages, would lower two stages. And there's even some, you know, quite uh, radical yeah. suggestions about, for example, closing the smelters, which would uh, also remove a stage of load, of, of load shedding. So if you get the diesel in place, close the smelters, yeah. uh, empower uh, station managers to procure the spares quickly that they need so that you, you, you can get the machines back up yeah. and running uh, quicker than otherwise. You know, and and then you build the renewables uh, mm. that we that we are building and accelerate them so that there's more generation capacity on the grid. If you combine all of that with re removing the restrictions on uh, rooftop solar uh, for households and businesses and mines and shopping malls, 
uh, you could actually end load shedding within two years. Just a final one on the issue around diesel. ESCOM has, for instance, raised concerns that they've applied multiple times to the Department of Energy um, for a wholesale license, and the department has declined that because the department believes that they don't have capacity. So how would a national state of disaster change that? Well, the... the, the uh, the, the DMRE hides behind uh, regulations, uh, which could be overrun in the context of a national state of disaster, disaster. So there could be a proclamation that says, from now on, ESCOM is going to be procuring diesel directly, uh, you know, no matter what the regulations are, uh, because that is a necessary part of making sure we get beyond the current disaster that we are facing. Thank you so much for your time. Professor Mark Swilling is a co-director of the Center for Sustainability Transition at the Stellenbosch University.